0: thinking aloud conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove Hello and welcome I'm Jeffrey Mishlove Today once again I'm going to continue addressing questions from that are left over from October 11th the live stream video and we are getting near the end EV asks, Jeffrey, would you be willing to levitate for us right now? The answer is, yes, I would be willing, but I'm not able to do that. I've never ever had any experience uh, even approaching levitation. So, uh, as as much as I'd love to do it, <laughs> I'm afraid I cannot comply with your request. Caleb Siete says, Hello, Dr. Mishlove. Do you think the fly on Mike Pence's head was some kind of a sign when I saw it? I couldn't stop thinking about your interview with Gary Lachman about magic and politics. and It's true. It's a fascinating interview with Gary Lachman. I will link to it right now. It'll be on the uh, right side of your uh, screen, if you want to watch that interview, uh, in which he talks about people practicing chaos magic and trying to use it to promote Trump's uncanny presidential win in 2016. Well, this year it doesn't seem as if things are going the same way at all. So, uh, Yeah, perhaps that fly is indicative of uh, a different direction that things are taking. But uh, as I'm recording this video on the 28th of October, we don't know yet. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, Mr. Trump and his magical supporters will be able to pull another one off. However, I can tell you this from recent conversations about magic with James Tunney. There comes a time when, uh, as Prospero in Shakespeare's great play, The Tempest. Prospero was a magician in the hermetic tradition. and uh, At the end of the play, he puts down, he abjures his rough magic, as he puts it, for a higher path. So, uh, perhaps people who practice magic will uh, be drawn to a a more spiritual or a more mystical approach to things. And Actually, my hope is that uh, as a nation and as a planet, we move in that direction. Kafai asks, Any thoughts to share with your encounter with Terence McKenna? Uh, And it was so long ago, over 20 years ago, uh, I did several interviews with Terence McKenna, one of the most articulate, inspiring people I have ever met. you know, when I think about Terence, I'm also reminded of my friend Bruce Damer, uh, with whom I've conducted several interviews on this channel, and he actually maintains a, a, a Terence McKenna archive and uh, was close to Terence McKenna. But um, in the interview with Bruce and I, once again, I will be linking to it. He talks about feeling somewhat disappointed that in spite of Terence's brilliance, and and there's no denying what a brilliant man he was, uh, Bruce felt, and other people close to Terence felt, that some of his ideas beautifully articulated were simply wrong. And I think it's important to evaluate people on many dimensions. There are people I've interviewed uh, like Jason Johnny, truly a brilliant person, and I've compared him with Terence McKenna in terms of his uh, articulateness and uh, the way he puts words together. It's so inspiring to so many people. The deeper question, though, is, is it correct? And uh, I've come to question some of the things that uh, Jason has said, simply because I now have come to see the direction in which they're going. Uh, it's a direction, as Jason put it in his own words, toward militarism and uh, toward war. I am not in favor of militarism or war along those lines. So, I'm beginning to question things that at one time I found fascinating. Gordon Ramsay asks, Despite what Ted Owen said about his alien powers, and here he's referring to my book, The P.K. Man, his alien powers being gifted to him, do you think, We are always manipulating the atmosphere without realizing it. What a great question, Gordon. I have to say, uh, I'm inclined to think that by virtue of the fact that we are all conscious entities, that's my working assumption anyway, I can't prove that you're conscious, but uh, you would know, by virtue of your consciousness, I think we are always engaging inside, even though we may not be aware of it. It's operating, you could say, at the subconscious level for, for most of us. And could we also be manipulating the atmosphere? Well, here's an interesting study that was uh, done many years ago. I'm pretty sure by my friend Roger Nelson, who has been uh, interviewed on this channel. And uh, once again, I'm going to link to the previous interview with Roger. Uh, he looked at the graduation ceremonies at Princeton University where he was conducting his research. Now, he had a big outdoor graduation ceremony in June in the uh, stadium. And he compared the weather the day before, the day after, the week before, the week after graduation and determined that it was statistically significant that uh, the weather was good during the actual graduation ceremony, uh, much more than would be expected by chance. So, there you have a research study that does suggest that we are uh, without realizing it, potentially manipulating the weather. I think that's a very suggestive study. Zach Lendahl asks, have you ever thought about using metaphysical power to reverse your age? I have never thought about that. Uh, I do know that the idea was contemplated by um uh, Shri Aurobindo and his um the mother who uh, worked with Aurobindo I think there's even a, a book out on on the topic of biological rejuvenation and life extension uh so it's, uh while I haven't personally thought about it other people have uh as far as I know however uh, uh it was not achieved, Aurobindo and the mother both uh, died under uh, normal aging circumstances, to the best of my knowledge. In my own case, I'm I would say pretty confident based on my review of the literature. I I'm probably feel about ninety nine percent confident that it it's not an issue. First of all, I'm having the time of my life at my present age. The, these are my best years. Why would I want to reverse them and go backwards? Uh the other thing I have to say is that I'm Pretty confident that consciousness will continue in one form or another. So I'm interested in moving forward, and uh, you know, to the next adventure someday. Uh, Jeffrey Mishlove will be dead, but I won't be. In in my estimation, I will continue even after Jeffrey Mishlove dies. Gordon Ramsay asks another question. Do we have similar bodies in the past life? I like my physical composition in the current life. Well, you know, I've done several interviews on this channel with my friend Walter Semkew. I'll <laughs> link to one of those. And uh, Yes, Walter maintains that there is our features are roughly the same from lifetime to lifetime, and he cites some of the research uh, from Dr. Ian Stevenson to suggest, uh, minimally speaking, yes, it's possible that we have a, a similar structure, similar composition. It follows the idea that the tendencies get carried forward, not the karma necessarily, but the tendencies get carried forward from lifetime to lifetime. So I I'm inclined to give that, you know, better than a 50% probability. I'd say 65% likelihood that in your next lifetime uh, you will have similar features to, to your present lifetime. That's the way I'd put it. Andre asks, what is your view on Carlos Castaneda's books? Carlos Castaneda's books are very controversial. There have been uh, people who have claimed he made up a lot of what he wrote, that it wasn't well documented, that he should never have received a, a doctoral degree in anthropology from UCLA. I think he got his a few years before I got my degree from Berkeley in parapsychology. But I do remember once hearing a lecture by the great anthropologist Margaret Mead in which she was asked a similar question. and Basically, she said uh, she can't attest to the authenticity of his writings. She wasn't on his faculty committee. She didn't supervise his work. But she said from her knowledge of shamanism, which was quite extensive, Uh, She thought that uh, what he wrote was quite consistent. She had no problem with it from that perspective. Uh, So those are my thoughts. Mystic State asks, isn't spiritual power and magic the same power? Well, yes and no. I've been conducting interviews recently with my friend James Tunney, the Irish barrister who lives in Sweden. And we've been talking about the difference between magic and mysticism. And yes, you could say that uh, they're working with the same energies, what parapsychologists basically call psi, which we can think of as extrasensory perception and psychokinesis, the, uh, ability to receive information and the ability to change things in the outer world. Now, the difference between magic and mysticism is basically this. The magician is attempting to influence the external world, usually done to satisfy one or another ego need. The mystic is essentially engaged in a process of ego dissolution in order to uh, achieve a higher form of realization, a form of cosmic consciousness. Now, there's some overlap. It's not as if humans have to be only one or only the other. But many mystics say that the problem with magic, the problem of exercising one's psychic abilities, is one develops an ego attachment. And that can be a hindrance to further evolution along a mystical or spiritual path. Ethan Margolith says, do you think we can ever know reality? Many of the authors you interview have fascinating, incredible, yet inconsistent views of reality. They cannot all be true. Well, Actually, (laughs) Ethan, I'm not sure they cannot all be true. You know, uh, William James, in uh, his interesting book, A Pluralistic Universe, suggests that they might all be true, that we each have a a different take on reality. Uh, Very few people have (laughs) exactly the same reality. I suppose there may be areas where people will agree with each other, but when you look at the fine points, like any group – take politics, for example, or religion – they say about Jews: if you get four Jews together, you'll have five opinions. Uh, I think it's probably true. Of conservatives or Democrats or Muslims or uh, people who uh, any group of people who purport to hold similar views are probably having different views. And James suggests other people suggest the possibility that they're all true because they're all based on conscious experience. Now, it's not to say that people aren't ever in error. Undoubtedly, people are in error, and undoubtedly there are ways, we call it the scientific method, for distinguishing between truths and falsehood. But even among scientists, there's enormous disagreement. So, uh, the idea that Aristotelian logic, that uh, A can't be not A and A at the same time, uh, there are other forms of logic that suggests that it could be the case. Let me leave by asking you this question. What is your reality like? How do you perceive the universe? What's it like uniquely for you that maybe no one else experiences quite the same way? Thank you for being with me.